Welcome to Animal Chat, an Alberta SPCA podcast where we talk about animal welfare, animal behavior, and animal protection. I'm Dan Kobe, and thank you for listening and for being passionate about animal welfare and compassionate for the animals in our province. Today, we're discussing how to plan your will and estate while keeping your pets in mind. Our animals are very important to us, and planning for their future should they outlive us is an important part of estate planning. My guest today is Alberta SPCA Executive Director Tara Johnston. Tara, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Dan. It is, uh, I'm really pleased to be here on this lovely fall day. Well, Tara, when we're putting together a will, most uh, people make decisions on where their assets will go, whether it be to their kids or other family members or maybe a charity. But we're here to say it's just as important to make it clear what happens to your pets. That's right, Dan. Uh, We, you know, as a society, we now, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that people see their dog or their cat or their their bird as as a member of the family and and in terms of family we want to ensure that we plan for their well-being uh, should we not be there to enjoy uh, time with them so yeah it's incredibly important that we plan for this uh, possibility so the first step in all this is to have a will and then it's important to make clear to the executor of your will what should happen to your animals uh, should something happen to you. If you don't, then the executor will be making the decisions on what happens to the animals. Or if you don't have a will, it's a court-appointed executor who will be making those decisions. So important to make sure that it's someone that you, you know and trust to be following your instructions when it comes to your animals. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think we want to make any assumptions when it comes to that. I think that, you know, be, again, because our our pets are family, we want to plan for the possibility that exists if, if we predecease them. We want to ensure that the executor or executrix understands very clearly who should be in charge of those animals and, and ensure that it's someone who um, is aware that you've made uh, that person a caretaker for their animals and that they have the capacity to manage that and are willing to manage that. So it, it really is an important decision and it's important to ensure that the person who may be taking on this responsibility has the knowledge, the skills and the experience to do so. So those are all important pieces and all really important to have those those clear ideas and those discussions in advance of putting it in your will. And then once it's in the will to ensure that these individuals are aware that that is the case. Now you mentioned your people, when we have this conversation, maybe thinking of cats and dogs or maybe birds. Um, we're also talking about exotic animals here and birds would fall under that like parrots, or, but reptiles as well. And in some cases, livestock, including horses, these are animals that often outlive their owners. Absolutely. And also in many cases have very specific care requirements. Exotics are a really good example that they need environments that are um, designed for, for, for them specifically. There's a significant cost in some cases, certainly from a livestock perspective. Um, there is some cost, you know, as part of that. And, uh, and, and someone who understands these needs, uh, whether it be the environmental needs of exotic animals, that the type of uh, care that they require in animal husbandry, all of those things are really important 
uh, and, and also to ensure that the individuals who are responsible, again, have skills, knowledge and experience, but they also have the uh, financial capacity to manage um, these uh, responsibilities and for the length of time that, that they have to invest in these animals. So, you know, it, it's something very worthy of, of consideration and discussion with the appropriate people in advance. In a lot of cases, people would uh, likely leave a, some money uh, in the will specifically for caring for those animals if it's going to be a long-term thing. Absolutely, because of the significant cost and and the, the the potential length of time that these individuals will may have these animals for, and I, and again, that's that's specific to horses, specific to exotic animals who can have fairly extensive uh, lifespans. So we we just really need to give that consideration in advance. Yeah, I know that uh, in my family, um, my mother and father in law have a have a macaw parrot that a, it, it, the bird can live 30 40 years so there's a reasonable good chance that it will outlive uh, my in-laws and it's uh the discussion has happened already that uh the the bird will come live with my family and that's uh, that we're prepared for that because um uh, yeah it's a uh, it's not just as easy as having a cat or a dog for a few years that, that's right it's it's a it's a real commitment for sure and commitment of cost and time and and really as I was saying earlier, it's, it's really a capacity issue. And so, um, you know, and, and as an organization, we have seen um, situations where, uh, un, unfortunately, an individual has not had these discussions, has not um, maybe had the, um, the, the ability or, or certainly the thinking to consider, you know, what's going to happen uh, in, in their absence. And we have found situations where individuals have uh, unfortunately deceased, left their animals behind, and there was no one to care for them. And so from the time it took for that uh, situation to resolve uh, from the, the individual, in fact, dying to the time that the animals were ultimately uh, managed, it, it was weeks and months. And, and of course, someone had to be assigned to care for those animals and, and manage them in that interim. And again, I, I do wonder, while the animals did uh, get moved on to the next step in their lives, you know, it took some time and, you know, whether the level of care was appropriate for the individual who, who passed, I mean, was, would that have been their wishes? I suspect not because there was a gap there and, and no one wants that. No one wants to think that in their absence, their animals will not be cared for in a way that they cared for them while they were living. So it, it's, yeah, it's a pretty serious situation. And, and, and as I said earlier, really worthy of some discussion. And on that note, the plan may be to instruct the executor of the estate uh, on where the animals will go uh, for a new home, because, uh, you know, if it's a horse, the, the, you know, I'll use that as an example. Um, the, the um, caregiver may not be able to care for that animal for the next 20 years. Uh, so the, the horse may be moved on to uh, another organization to, to find a home. And you may want to let your caregiver know where you want, you know, the, the organizations that you trust to find your animal a new home. So in the case of horses, you, you may have specific organizations that, that you would like to see your horse go to to be rehomed as opposed to just being sold at an auction, say. Well, and, you know, for all people, life changes. The individual who you felt had the 
capacity, skills, and knowledge, and and certainly does have that, they may, uh, you know, experience life as well and may have to move on as well. So, you know, those are discussions you you ought to have with your caretaker. What is acceptable to you? Yes, this caretaker is, but what if their life uh, situation changes and they need to make changes? All of those things, really, those discussions about comfort level with where the animals may may end up, you know, that that is really important that that discussion occurs. Um, life life happens and, and unfortunately death happens. And so all of the um, issues need to be addressed well in advance. So there's a comfort level um, for both the individual who's making these decisions and, and making it so, and the person accepting the animal into their life. So, yeah. And, and because it can be such a commitment, both from a time and financial perspective, again, those, those conversations need to happen well in advance. Well, still on the topic of livestock, when it comes to animals such as cattle, um, first, they have a lot of value. So it's important to make decisions on where they will go. But um, it's also critical uh, to appoint a caretaker for those animals in the short term who has the knowledge and experience with those uh, that, that type of livestock and knows how to care for them and can check on them regularly. You know, where we see that that being a potential problem is if if you've identified someone in the city of Edmonton, for example, to check on and manage your livestock, but the livestock are out in St. Paul um, and require, you know, fairly regular attendance to to ensure that they're they're getting the care they require. That could be really hard for that uh, that person to manage that. So again, giving some consideration to, you know, who has the skills, the knowledge, and, and really is best positioned to manage those animals uh, to ensure their well-being. And best position could be uh, both the, as I said, the capacity, but also in terms of distance traveled to attend. You, you don't want to assign someone who, who lives such a distance away that uh, it becomes uh, impossible for them to check on them and on any sort of regular or frequent basis. I mean, that's that's just not not fair to the animals and certainly not fair to the individual who's been put in charge with them. So, you know, it's it's just those, um, I guess I want to say simple considerations, uh, but really, again, have that conversation, have that uh, uh, consideration well in advance. So the individuals that have been assigned responsibility are aware and, and have the ability to manage those animals in a way that meets your needs and those animals needs so that we can all be comfortable with our decisions. When putting together a will, uh, we probably should uh, talk a little bit about that. A lot of people um, will put a charity organization like the Alberta SPCA or another animal welfare organization as a beneficiary uh, of their estate. Um, we, we see that regularly with us. Um, important, uh, as we've learned over the years, for the person to make it exceptionally clear which organization that they are talking about when making um, this donation. And as simple as that sounds, um, we have seen all regularly where there have been problems. So you want, you want to explain how that looks from your point of view? Yeah, and, and I mean, as an organization, we have been so incredibly fortunate um, 
to to our donors who have chosen to make a legacy gift to our organization. And, and when we engage on those discussions, we make it abundantly clear what our organization um, is responsible for doing, what we stand for, um, to ensure that, you know, there's no... Um, misunderstanding about the role we play in animal welfare. Um, you know, for instance, someone who, who maybe cares deeply about um, wildlife and, and why not? I think that's, that's an excellent uh, consideration, but as an organization, we're not typically dealing with wildlife. That would be another organization, potentially, uh, you know, World Wildlife uh, Foundation comes to mind. So again, that's just an example where um, people who care deeply about animals, generally speaking, care de deeply about all animals, but they may have a particular bend. And, and we want to ensure that, um, the individual who's choosing to donate understands our role in animal welfare and understands other roles uh, and other roles that, that other organizations play so that there's no uh, misunderstanding. And I, I think it's just, it's very important that when you are speaking to your, uh, say you're, you're seeking legal assistance, that, that you ensure that if, if, for instance, you wanted to, or someone wanted to donate to our agency, that they um, cite our, our full name, our specific address, and, and possibly even our business number, which is on our, our uh, printed materials. So just so that if that that the those who are are engaged on writing the will understand very clearly who the agency is. It's this agency with this address and this business number, um, or whatever the case may be. Just so there's absolutely no confusion about who you want your legacy gift to go to. All very important considerations, um, not an easy topic, uh, uh, but an important one. And certainly um, when having these discussions about all of these issues in advance makes it a lot less stressful all, on all involved. Um, Tara, thank you once again for joining us uh, on this uh, episode of Animal Chat. Thanks, Dan. So glad that we were able to have this discussion today. It's incredibly important, uh, as you said, for everyone's comfort, but most importantly for the animals that um, people dearly love and are members of their family or part of their, their world. We need to take steps to best manage them and ensure their ongoing well-being and um, enrichment. So thank you, Dan. Thank you so very much. Well said, Tara. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, please share with others and leave us a positive review on the site where you listen to your podcasts. It really does help us. And please check out our other podcast episodes. You can find those uh, on the same websites or on our website, albertaspca.org slash news slash podcast. Uh, and you may want to check out episode nine uh, from a few weeks back and how having a workplace pet policy can really improve the productivity of your staff and is great for the animals as well. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks.